0: Hey, it's Shit Talk Reviews. Welcome to this episode. How's it going, fellas? It's going good. Doing well. As always, I'm John, and I'm pointing,
1: but you don't know who I'm pointing at. Derek? Yes, David? Yes, David. (laughs) He forgot his name because his cranium is so huge.
2: (laughs) There it is. See it, everyone?
1: There's nothing but rocks (laughs) inside of that thing. (laughs) I could grow my
2: hair. I could grow my hair out and just have
0: bangs. I mean. Have you considered implants just to bring it down?
1: (laughs) You know what, though? David, if you did that, you'd look like pole chamber circa like 1997. And you have to make it make your bangs with your bald head. Just Mm -hmm. green, green bangs. (laughs) And then do like the robot while you're playing your bass. Yeah, Yeah. it's a good look.
0: Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good look. You should consider it. (sighs) So let's right, just get yeah. let's get right into things today. <laughs> um we are going to discuss the new release from Queens of the Stone Age, uh In Times New Roman. Were you guys uh Queens fans prior to this at all? Uh
2: yeah, so- somewhat, John,
0: for me.
1: Uh, need you ask. I I'm a knuckle dragger. No, I I can't stand him. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that's fair. OK, well, this, this should be an interesting conversation uh, because I'm kind of all over the place on this record. The quick backstory on the band formed around 96 from Seattle, a stoner rock band, quite a few whoa, records, whoa, whoa, whoa. Six, 15, 16 albums.
1: Yeah, it's not even a stoner rock band. It's That's an insult to all stoner wow. rock bands that are out there. But keep wow. going.
0: Well, then let's take a second to discuss the genre type. Who is no, a good, got, who? who represents stoner rock?
2: Oh, fish, the dead. I mean, it goes on,
0: right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't call fish or the The, dead stoner rock. Oh my God. I
2: would stoner music,
0: maybe stoner music, but not the, and this is why I hate genre. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought stoner rock. Okay. No, it's as a genre. Yeah. I agree with what you said. Yeah. Plenty of stoners listen to fish and the dead, but yeah, I, I I, I I think masters of reality would fall into the stoner rock.
1: Sure. Telekinetic Yeti resin. I mean, the list goes on and on down, probably falls into that category. These, these guys are, you know, they're, they're pop radio rock to me. Um, but we'll, we'll get into the reason why I, I really don't like it uh, later on.
2: I always thought a Queen of the Stone Age, a little punk, a little rock, a little bit of metal, a little bit of everything. I mean, they do come with a broad spectrum as far as. What you know? What they put out? Yeah, my take. I think a lot of this album had a lot of what I just said, but we'll get into it.
0: Oh yeah, I, there's a number mm-hmm. of bands I think these guys were listening to when when this material was written, and I wouldn't put any of the bands that, that I picture them listening to in the stoner rock category. But I mean, honestly,
2: guys, for me, a lot of this album felt like Talking Heads, David Bowie. It felt a lot like that for me. I might be uh, off track. But man, I heard a lot of Talking Heads in a lot of this music.
0: I felt some Doors and some yep. Bowie,
2: but definitely, yeah, Bowie for sure. Not so much the Doors for me, but
1: again, Talking Heads. It's sort of a twelve-bar blues vibe on a lot of the tracks on this record. I yeah. heard White Stripes in there, like tons of White Stripes. That yeah. uh, you know, if you go back and listen to the earlier White Stripes material, and you listen to this album, it's produced, you know, virtually the same. And, you know, I think a lot of my issue with this, it stems from its classic Rick Rubin. Uh, Rick Rubin is notorious for watering down bands, watering down the heaviness, the, the fullness uh, of, of a band. And, you know, look, look at Metallica's Death Magnetic. It's just stripped down, um, very thin music. And I hear that here and there's just overproduction. There's so much going on production-wise that the the heaviness was just absolutely stripped away. And some of their earlier works just was, you know, there was still that heavier sound that, you know, the stoner doom uh, feeling stuff was there on the earlier stuff. I'm telling you, Rick Rubin got his hands on this material and stripped it and he tinkered, 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 tinkered. And it makes for a less than stellar album. And it's classic Rick Rubin. I didn't think Rick Rubin produced this. I thought they
0: this was a self-produced record. I know they've worked in the past.
1: The, this album, The New Times Roman, was, was worked at at the Pink Duck Studios, which is Josh's studio, as yep. well as Rick Rubin's Shangri-La studio in Malibu, California. So he, listen... All the signatures there. I have been talking about Rick Rubin, going back to my hit the pit and Mega Kung Fu days. He waters shit down and ruins bands. And you know, I, I will say this. I mean, I, I, I'm just I just I have to read this to you. Geezer Butler, uh, after doing 13 with um with Rick Rubin, he said uh to Eddie Trunk a couple of years back, he says, it was a weird experience, especially with being told to forget what that you're a heavy metal band that was the first thing Rick said to us. He said, play your very first album, cast your mind back to when there was no such thing as heavy metal or anything like that. And pretend it's a follow-up album to that, which is the most ridiculous thing to think. And he went on and he didn't have good things to say. Ozzy absolutely hated working with Rick Rubin. And you know, the album did well because everybody knew it was the last black Sabbath album. Um, but it was thin. It was not a heavy record. It didn't have some oomph behind it, and it could have been a lot better. And I feel like the same thing is, rings true here. This this band is talented. It just is tinkered with and tinkered with and tinkered with, and it just sounds very watered down. Yeah, I certainly won't deny that this this is not a
0: heavy record by any stretch. Some of their past material is... is they've got some ripping tracks. Song for the Deaf is just... I wouldn't call it blistering, but it's a it's a cooking, you know, it's a great album, rocking piece of music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this and this is not this is not. And for the for the record, I didn't think you guys were going to love this, but I figured it warrants talking about because it's Queens of the Stone Age. You know, they're a big they're a big outfit. They've been around a long time. Um, and they have put out good stuff before.
2: You know what, John? It's like Avengers Sevenfold. You wait five years for them to come out with with their new album, you, you're disappointed. It's been six years since this band put out their last album, so the expectations are there for me. It it just fell. It fell. It fell on its face. Oh,
1: uh, uh, the other thing that that, I, and I just have to say, and I said this to you, John, was that. Earlier, Their earlier works had, there was five albums with Mark Lanigan from Screaming Trees that was involved with the mm-hmm. band. And yeah. I went back and I listened to that material with Lanigan, and I like it a lot more.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's not to say that it's because I'm a fan of Screaming Trees and Mark Lanigan, but there's something missing in this. There's, there's no earworms, there's no hooks, there's no heaviness. It's just this watered-down attempt at being Queens of the Stone Age. And I do wonder how much of Lanigan having not been in the band now for I think this is the second album, um, has hurt them. And again, they might be established enough that fans of the band are gonna love everything that they do anyways. Yeah. yeah um that's but right. I do think from a production standpoint, it's lacking and just a songwriting standpoint, it just isn't cre- it isn't creative, it's not pushing the envelope, it's not interesting at all.
2: It's funny, Derek brings that up because first of all, I love the screaming trees. Oliveri was there from 01 to 05 mm-hmm. and I I made that note that Derek just said and I even threw Nick Oliveri in there who was in the band from 98 to 04 because in my opinion I'm not a huge fan of them but I'm a fan enough to know that when those two guys left the band it changed the dynamics no doubt yeah, yeah. especially especially on the harmony and vocals those two guys added to the band you know, Yeah. that's those, my opinion.
0: It- queens has had the list of people that have been in that band you know done collaborations and projects or or played on certain songs on the records over the years is huge well that's some, the problem
2: with this band they've had a revolving dora of
0: exactly what you just said i, I wish i could remember where uh, i read this so i could give the writer credit but i i read a review for this album i'll paraphrase and say it's got a lot of good songs on the record are any of them going to wind up on, you know, the long lasting playlist of Queens classics? Absolutely not. You know, on an, individual yeah, yeah. Base, yeah, on an individual basis, if you take it song by song, the songs aren't necessarily bad songs. You may like some more than others, but on a case by case basis, there's some good stuff on there. But for me, it was a miss because it's not, it's not what I wanted from Queens. <clears throat> I wanted another uh, heavy ripping album with, just a bunch of crushing tunes on it. And it's, it's just not there.
2: When when you go ahead, John, sorry.
0: uh, I will say this though, about, about Queens of the stone age. And that's one of the the very punk rock things about them is they're going to do whatever the fuck they want. I, you know, I respect that. I kind of dig that, that this is what your expectation is. Well, if we meet it, I guess that's good for you. But if we don't, that's not my fucking
1: problem. Yeah. I, I say this every week. Consistency matters you know, again, if you have created a precedent with your fan base, going off a reservation completely or bringing in a Rick Rubin to water down your sound and make you sound like a lesser version of yourself, you're going to disappoint people. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of like with going to work. If you have set a precedent, you've got to stay at that precedent. You don't go backwards. You're always moving forwards and you should be trying to make the sound that you have better 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 but going off the reservation completely or diluting what what you do its just it, it's a mess
2: no I was just gonna say if you listen to a lot of this album especially like paper machete or or all that stuff he's got some this Josh Holmes got he's uh, he's got some anger on this album a lot of it's directed to what I think is is a girlfriend or an ex-wife so it kind of sounds like There's a little bit of anger in here. Maybe this is more his album than the band's.
1: He has some legal problems. And, you know, look, I don't think we should touch on it in this podcast. And it's out there and it's going to go through the court system and whatever. We can we can stay away from that. But look, the the guy is talented. I also had a note here that maybe he's the Henry Cavill of, of music. He's hard to work with because of the revolving door of uh, folks coming and going within the band, you know, Henry Cavill can't seem to keep a job as an actor. He's Superman one second, he's the witcher, the next, and then he's being shown the door. Um, It makes you wonder about personality and and what people do behind closed doors. And maybe that's part of the problem, but you can definitely hear that in the album here in this album. You know, he definitely was purging some demons and putting his perspective on whatever is going on in his world out there yeah
0: i yeah sure. I read that the instrumental track Scott recorded two two and a half years prior to him coming in and and putting his vocals down, which you know is I guess neither here nor there, but who knows what was going on in in his personal realm that might have impacted the the lyrical content that went down that might have been different had they tracked the vocals two years prior?
2: Let me ask you guys, were you more because very similar we we waited for albums for five six years for both these bands. So were you more upset about Avenged Sevenfold, or were you more upset about
0: Queen of the Stone Age? Well, you were more, Sevenfold. you were
2: more, yeah. Me too. I was more disappointed with, with Avenge for sure.
0: We've talked about this before. This begs the question: do bands have a right to evolve and grow and change, or do they not? I mean, I think they do, but they do it as you were saying, Derek, they do it at risk of alienating some of their fan base in the process. And I don't I mean, think this. This record I don't think is a huge shift for Queens, but I think it's less heavy, but it's not like, like Avenged Sevenfold's current record relative to their last record,
1: which was, who knows? This feels like a commercial money grab. And whenever you throw Rick Rubin out there with a band, it's like, oh, okay. 're they're, they're gonna step up their game and I don't always agree. I believe that Rick Rubin is a negative for most artists. but that being said, I, I think that this was an attempt at being more commercial. Like I said, it, it felt like more of a the red stripes. Uh, production values with Queens oh, white, of the yeah, Stone. White stripes. Age. What what did I say? Red red. Oh, red stripe, the beer. Yeah. <laughs> See no, what's on my what mind the, on a Friday.
0: The red stripes should be the reggae version of the white stripes. Just do all, Perfect. you know, they should be the Dred Zeppelin of uh white stripes.
1: Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it that's the way it sounded to me. And that's not what I was looking for.
2: Listen not like from, Mattel- from the spin. Like Metallica, Avenge, some of the podcasts we've done, I don't knock anybody. The band's been around since 96. They got eight albums. Like John just said before, let them do it. They earned it, right? I mean, who are we to say they can't experiment? But well, if Derek gonna- said it before. I mean, you lose fans, you're going to go. If you're going to take a risk and you're going to go in this direction, you are taking a risk. It happens. You will lose fans. You will have fans that love it and fans that hate it. And then you have fans that just don't come back. It is what it is.
1: There is a degree of accountability, which is the fan base. And our whole point of doing this was to actually turn people on to new music. It's almost like information overload. There's so much music for people to go find that they get. It's paralysis by analysis. It's like sitting with your wife on a Friday night and you have every single streaming channel and you have no idea where to start. I want somebody like us to tell us what shows are good, what music is good, what's worth the time, or what's not worth the time. And so I think what- Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. So here we go. Don't listen to Queens of the Stone Ages in times New Roman, listen to their old shit. It's way better.
2: It sucks, man. When you have a band that you like or a band that you're familiar with and they come out with material and it's not very good, it's 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 like it's it's like an uppercut. It sucks. I get it. You know. So and I was disappointed in this, just like I was in would avenge, and some of the previous metallic albums those bands that have been around a long time you just have those expectations that that you're not going to have this situation that we're in right now but
1: it, it happens well i'll make sure i pick a winner for next week
2: <laughs> listen this wasn't bad i'm not gonna shit on it i there's stuff on here i liked was it all over the place absolutely did it have sometimes it had a soundtrack feeling to me for an 80s uh, mu- uh movie you know like so my my mind was all over the place on this album. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It had some parts to it that I enjoyed, but I kind of felt like that all over on every song.
0: That's yeah. fair. Let's change our standout tracks <laughs>
1: protocol for that. Just for this one,
0: what were the songs that you hated the most? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I think it was "What the Peepholes Say." I, yeah. I just I couldn't get through it. I, you know, I'd be listening to it in the car. Boom on to the next. I, I just couldn't do it. it See what's, I, yeah. what's,
2: what's funny about that is that uh, that sounded to me like a flock of seagulls in a soundtrack 80s movie. That song, I, I didn't get it. You first know, thing, it was a
1: disaster. Thought,
0: yeah. First thing I thought <laughs> when that song started, it was like, oh, I guess this is the summer song on the record. You're right. You know, right. let's go to
2: the beach. There you go. Bye, I don't know, Dave, guys, what, you know, so what
0: do you no Standouts. Let's hear the ones you didn't like on it.
2: There was 10 songs on here and I didn't like a lot of them, John. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, A lot of it just sounded too 80s for me, too all over the place. Um, Gosh, John, this is tough. You know, Sicily was my favorite. spit it
1: out, man? Come on. I
2: don't know. Honestly, there really wasn't one that stood out for me. That was really uh, one of my favorites. My favorite one was Sicily. I thought that was good. Had a good bass line some good guitar at times but other than that john it, it, I, it, I just i it's really hard to say which one was uh was bad because some of them to me just weren't very good i, I know yeah. i'm kind of i know i'm kind of circling around your answer but honestly <laughs> you know i i i don't want to pinpoint one I, I i'm gonna make it easy i just didn't like it you know yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god this it's you know i feel bad because historically i like queens stone age yeah and i like a lot of the stuff that they've put out over the years but uh yeah when i wrote down the track listing making notes as i go through the record i got to track five made to parade and my i my notes just
1: say nope yeah you, you so, want to know what i like i got some rubber bands at staples the other day I like this box of uh, rubber band more than I like in Times New Roman.
2: I know that's, it's hard. To, that's <laughs> I know it's something. hard to. Re- I know it's hard to remember the songs that kind of go back in your 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 memory bank. But the one song, Cornivore was that, that, that to me was maybe my worst because I was like, "What the hell is this?" It was terrible. It was all over the place. To me, it made no sense. So that was probably my worst, John. You know that I, particular song.
0: Dave, do you want to see Derek get really riled up? (laughs) Sure. Listening to uh, Carnivore, you know, one or more of the guys in the band were listening to Typo Negative before they put (laughs) Carnivore down. I just heard like these faint vibes of it. I was like, yeah,
1: like I hear Typo Negative in there.
0: And immediately, of course, thought of Derek.
1: Hey, you know what? Greatness is often imitated, but never duplicated. (laughs) These fuckers can't touch Peter Steele. (laughs)
0: Point. Point. <laughs> uh, we'll yeah. Shall we? Uh, uh Shall we dispense with the pleasantries and just get right to the right to the <sighs> the meat and potatoes of it? Sure. I mean, yeah.
2: Who wants to go first on this one? Five. Oh, but- uh,
0: there you go. <laughs>
1: Five. That's it.
2: Yeah. I mean you have anything more to say, Derek? Or are you just No, stay
1: I, I just want to delete it from <laughs> never listen to it again.
2: What did you give Revenge? I'm just curious. Do I don't remember. remember. Okay. No, I, it was yeah. better
1: than five. I'll tell you that. They at least um, tried. They, and their production values were good. The production sucked in this and the music sucked. So
2: I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there with Derek. The production quality was not very good. The lyrical content was okay. I mean, sounds like he's got some, some deep, demons that he's trying to get out there or, or talk about and some inner 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 pain, whatever you want to call it. The theme to me, you know, just wasn't there. And the performing quality, I never knock anybody for that. It's I, on this. It was decent. I'm not going to bash these guys for something they put out for me. It wasn't very good. It's, I'm going to give it, you know, Anywhere between a five and a five and a half. That's that. There's I can't go any more than that. I just can't.
0: That's fair. Well, I. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. You guys both really dislike the production. There were, as a production fan, there was stuff that I really liked on the record from a, a production standpoint. There's also stuff that I wasn't wild about. But you know, I'm a fan of the studio trickery. So that that was the highest portion of my overall score. But with that being said, I, I still only landed at a six.
2: So Which, we're all uh, on the same page. Yeah,
0: yeah it, it, it did not land well for me.
2: Disappointing, really, for me, because uh man, songs for the deaf compared to this. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, yeah. what the hell's going on? Right? How do you how do you just jump and leap from something so out of the character, so different? I I guess I just don't understand it. I, I, you know
0: two thousand? Yeah, two thousands,
2: two thousand maybe mid two thousands.
0: Two thousand yeah. two, something like that.
2: Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, their last two albums, three albums, I'm familiar with it, but nothing like their first three um, kind of just dropped off for me after there. But I, I should have went back and listened to the album or two before this one. And I usually do. But to be honest with you guys, I think I was so disgusted in this. I kind of just was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think after listening to this one, I was just kind of like, yeah, I think I'm done.
1: Yeah. We're ship talk reviews. Yeah. Good night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, we, yeah. we historically have not ship talked the bands too much with the exception of a, a Avenged Sevenfold, but this one, yeah. you know, yeah. not great. Yeah, we, we should we should point out that, as always, you know, these things are subjective and there are going to be people out there that listen to this and think it's a great record. Yeah. And I, you know, they'll be well within our rights to tell us all to, you know, go fuck ourselves, I guess. But uh, and listen,
2: it's like last week when I or this week when I came into your office. I mean, it's Queen of the Stone Age. You got to hear it, right? You got to give these guys a listen. I mean, yeah. you do your, you know, it is. It's just you have to. You don't just well, not listen to it.
0: Yeah, to Derek's point earlier, uh, I, we're doing a disservice if we don't tell people what we think suck. Yeah. In addition yeah. to what we think is good,
2: and it sucks. Saying it sucks, right? We it yeah. sucks doing this. You know, it's nobody wants to shit on a band.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Derek, do you want to sh- do you want to share who who we uh, get graced with next week, or uh, is that a? Is that privileged information so
1: far? <laughs> no, I'm, te- I'm teeing up the new puddle of mud for you guys. Sweet. Nice. Just, Very nice. just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's no. not funny. <laughs> no puddle of mud. I'll let you know.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, unless we want to spend another couple of minutes, which I'm totally on board with uh, discussing Dave's forehead, let's put this one uh, in
1: a box and put it on a shelf. You know what uh... I think? I think we should do a, a, a test next week. Get a football helmet and see if his massive cranium will fit inside of it. <laughs> I have a kind
2: of an oval pinhead, so I think it will go in there pretty good.
1: Okay, so if it gets in there and we stuff that great gazoo in there, will it come out or do can we you need get, to get butter?
2: Listen, if you get me, could you get me a gazoo helmet with the antennas sticking out?
1: Yeah, I'm sure we can find it somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Halloween's coming up. We're definitely doing that.
0: Uh, anyway
2: hey it is what it is
0: boys in any case we appreciate those that stopped by to hang out with us for a little bit and i look forward to doing this again next week see ya
2: see ya see ya